0: All right, let's talk a little BYU football. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit t for online services and local store availability. Former BYU quarterback and our good friend right here on The Big Show, Tanner Mangum, with us. Tanner, how are you, sir?
1: Man, great to be back on The Big Show. I feel like it's been quite a while. Wasn't sure I'd even be making an appearance Didn't think this season would be happening, but good to be here.
0: Man, am I excited that you're on the air, Tanner, because it means we are playing football. And I was (laughs) proud of the BYU football program for not only how they played on the field uh, last night, but for doing it, for continuing to work hard and remain disciplined and being out there alone was was a victory, I thought.
1: Well, I thought it was was impressive. And then I think just like you said, uh, and and even – Kirk Herbstreet, last night, talked about it. Uh, this season is obviously very unique, but I think that you have to give BYU credit for not worrying about the situation or worrying about the lack of fans or just being concerned with uh, with things outside of their control. And And I know Kalani has his, had those guys prepared. All I you know, I can just picture it, and I, and I know it, and, and, and I know a lot of the guys in the team. I know their attitudes and their mindsets. And I'm sure during the, the summer, it, everything's up in the air. Everything was, was unsure, but they just had to focus and control what they could control. And I know that they were just focusing on their effort, focusing on their, their energy and practice. And and you saw it from, from the opening play. BYU came out with energy. They were hyping each other up. They were playing hard, and, and it showed. And so regardless of, of the, uh, the things, the, the outer circumstances, what, what they could control as far as their effort and their play, they really showed up to play and, and played in uh, in dominant fashion.
2: Tanner, how much fun would it be to play quarterback behind that offensive line when it's controlling that line of scrimmage the way it was? <laughs>
1: well, uh, Bill Belichick, uh, as, as entertaining as <laughs> that interview was mid-game, uh usually he's a man of few words but i think last night he uh he turned it on but he talked about the uh the importance of establishing the line of scrimmage and and the difference that it makes and if you can't stop the run you can't stop anything from a defensive perspective and so you saw it firsthand last night and a lot of those linemen in fact all of them those five starting offensive linemen were there uh, were, were young guys when I was a senior in 2018. And here they are now, 2020, and they're, they're, they look even better. They're, they're, they're smarter. They're stronger. They, they're, they're working well together. Uh, Coach Mateos has, has got a great group on that offensive line and they, they really took it to Navy. And, and I was, I was surprised not with uh BYU's execution, but just with the overall uh, dominance, you know, from start to finish, it was it was it was all BYU, and and, and it made uh, Lopini and Tyler Algier and, and that whole BYU running game, it made their jobs very easy. So definitely, a huge shout out goes out to the offensive line because with them controlling the line of scrimmage like that, it uh, it was creating success for the Cougars all night long.
0: I want to get your evaluation of what you saw in Zach uh, Wilson last night, but I kind of want to give you my perspective of what I've kind of expected from him as a quarterback because he's healthy, and I thought that was certainly an issue last year. You talked, uh, you and Gordon talked about the the offensive line giving him an advantage, and he's he's an upperclassman. He's he's got the experience. I I'm expecting him to really take the next step and and uh, really be one of the you know kind of the next BYU quarterback to really be able to sling it. But what do you think about how he played last? Night.
1: well there's a lot of pressure on zach here he is now in his third year and whenever you have a good uh freshman campaign which he did when he came in halfway through 2018 and he, he showed enough uh promise and potential to get everyone really excited uh and then and then the sophomore year you you, you might call it uh that 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 sophomore slump which which is very very common you know, might have, uh, not lived up to the expectations or lived up to the hype. So now this third chance, in a way, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of pressure. It's, it's time to, to step up and perform. And, uh, and so, and he knows that he's, he's aware of the pressure that's on him now as a junior and upperclassman. Uh, there's a lot that's expected of him, but he is the type to, to in- internalize that pressure and handle it well. Uh he he doesn't shy away from the spotlight, he doesn't shy away from the opportunity to 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 lead. And and he put in the work. You know, he he's talented but he works hard. And you ask anyone there on that team, he, he, he stays he stays late, he works extra, he watches tons of film. Uh they talked about it in the game last night. He traveled to California all summer long to get extra work in on the weekends. And, and so the work ethic's there, the talent's there, but now it's just a matter of, of putting it out on the field. And I thought overall last night, it was, it was solid. There are obviously some first game uh, miscommunications, first game uh, you know, timing was off at times, but overall it was sharp. Overall he was solid, he was poised, uh, I thought he did great on play action. Uh, and obviously when you're running the ball with that type of success, the play action opens up immensely and he handled all of those situations. Great. And um, yeah, I, I thought he did all that they asked him to do um, when the when the running game is so dominant like that, it, it, uh, it, you know, oftentimes it's just, okay, let me just, you know, make my completions where I have them. Let me take my shots downfield where I can. Let's take our shots, our play action shots. But more than anything, let's manage this game and let's just keep pounding it, keep handing it handing it, and, and, and letting the, the running game do its thing. But when asked, when called upon, I thought he made all the throws and, and did a good job of, of keeping a balanced attack.
2: Tanner, you mentioned Tyler Algier. I don't know if you know him or if you know him, how well you know him, but, man, he, he looked good last night. And maybe any running back would have with the way the offensive front
1: was blocking. But is he the real deal? Well, it, it, he's an interesting case here because I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a classic example of development. Because when I was with him in, in 2018, he was young, he was inexperienced, he was still learning uh, his place and the kind of learning uh, his strengths and his, and his skill sets. But then last year they moved him to defense, and then, and then so that forces him to now learn a new position and to develop in a new position. And to learn new things, which can hinder your development. If you're if you're constantly learning and starting over in a way, it's hard to develop. But I think they realized that they they were they needed some depth at the running back position. He had experience there, so they brought him back to the offense. And Coach Harvey Unga, who is is has done a great job so far. He's he was always uh, a player's favorite, and so I know a lot of us are happy to see Harvey get that. And that opportunity to become the running back's coach, but he's done a good job with, with helping develop Tyler. And Tyler has become more athletic. He's become stronger. And, and he looked good. I mean, from from the very beginning, that opening drive, that first touchdown run showed good vision, good cut, you know, cutting to the outside, and, um, and then showed better breakaway speed than I remember him having. And so it's good to see him develop and good to see that he's uh, provided uh, a good. Uh, secondary option between Lapini and now Tyler Algier that's a good one-two punch uh, for BYU to have and it's 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 good to see him develop the way that he has.
0: Tanner Mingham is with us here on the Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tanner, stepping aside from the, the game last night for a second, over the weekend it was the five-year anniversary and I saw this all over Twitter by the way because it was part of the hype for the game but the five-year anniversary of the Hail Mary at Nebraska, and if you would, will you just take us through that whole, you know, that game from your perspective because you're, you're playing from your mission, I believe, landed in Lincoln that
1: day, right? And uh, you walked right out. Uh,
0: take us through that whole thing from your perspective, uh, how it was culminating with that play.
1: It sure felt like it. Uh, it's amazing that it's been five years. It, it makes me feel old. Uh, a lot has happened in, in within those five years, but in a way, that, that play really uh, that that game changed my life in a lot of ways. It really changed the trajectory, uh, the path that I was on. But I, yeah, I'd only been home three months from from my mission, uh, on which I hardly worked out. I, I should have maybe I should have been better about you uh, know trying to stay in better shape. But I you know came came home in June of that year and just did my best to get back in shape and uh, get ready to. To contribute. Uh, obviously, it was Taysom's senior year. He was uh, a Heisman favorite. He was back. He was healthy. And I was just doing all that I could to be prepared to to, uh, to back him up and to be ready when called upon. But I didn't think that I would be called upon that quickly. The second quarter, he hurts his foot on the, on the touchdown run, uh, which, which was just which pretty remarkable in and of itself. And then he continues to play uh, I, I went in for a series, but then he came back in and kept playing. But as soon as I got to the sideline, you know, the trainers and the, and the coaching staff told me, "Hey, stay ready because he is just playing through this injury, but he won't be able to play through it much longer, and then he's done for the season. He, he's he's going to have to get surgery, and he's done. This is, you know, this is going to be um, your time once once he's once he comes out. So be ready." and 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 stay stay prepared and so that was kind of uh, a shock to hear that here we are you know game one and they're already telling me that payson's going to be done for the year and, and it was just such a, such a weird mix of emotions um because you don't have time to really feel bad in the moment you just have it's just it's game time you just have to go and um and then you know, here we are. It's my first collegiate game, and we're in front of ninety thousand fans in Lincoln, Nebraska, and, and the environment is electric. It's it's loud. To this day, probably um, the loudest game that I ever had, or in one of the coolest environments that I ever played in. And, uh, you know, we're we're in a position to. To drive down and and win the game, and and unfortunately didn't didn't do well enough to get down to uh to to get the field goal range, left us a little bit short, got us to the 42 yard line, and not close enough for a field goal. But what are you going to do? You just have to do your best, and and uh, obviously just roll out right, give it, give your guys some time, and and uh, and then and then fortunately, I had great playmakers who were uh, you know great great receivers but also had had a just had a good mindset of just going to going up and making plays and making the tough catch and using their size to their advantage and that's that's what happened with Mitch he just went up and went up and got it and it it was fortunate that um, the ball was a little I threw it a little bit short which wasn't necessarily my intention but it worked out perfectly because that's that's right kind of where they weren't and Mitch caught it and uh, fell fell in and from that day on it was just you know, I was just thrust into the spotlight, and um, was not expecting that when I woke up that morning. But that's how it that's how it went down, and uh, and to this day, it's, it's it's a good memory to look back on. Um, but uh, but at the same time, uh, sometimes it can be a little bit bittersweet because I think about that freshman year and how fun it was with that Nebraska game, and then the Boise State game the next week. And, and, and the fun memories and the, the exciting games and the exciting finishes we had that year in contrast with the rest of my career. And just, it didn't go out, go out, finish out as, a, as high as I'd started. Um, but nonetheless, it's a great memory to look back on and, and definitely something that, uh, that, that I can cherish moving forward.
2: So, Tanner, who is it? And by the way, uh, Jake, today is Tanner's birthday.
0: Happy birthday. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Appreciate yeah. that. He's uh, what are you? Uh, what are you about forty five
1: years old, Tanner? <laughs> uh, according to uh, BYU proponents or, or who, anyone who <laughs> is unaware, i familiar with BYU culture. Yeah, they, they assume that I'm thirty years old. But uh, so in that Nebraska game, I was twenty one, and then three days later, I turned twenty two. So now I just today I'm twenty seven. Well. Huh. So well happy
2: birthday to you, uh What'd you today, him, Gordon? September eighth. Uh i we'll talk about that <laughs> later. Uh, so 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 Tanner, who was who was the coach that told you right before you went out uh on that last play against Nebraska, don't throw it out of the end zone. Who who was it who said that?
1: It was Robert and I. And it it was a classic example okay. of of you know, performance psychology. You want to focus on uh, you know, what you, what you should do not what you shouldn't. You know, if, if you say, if you tell someone, hey, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick, don't throw a pick, then they're probably going to go out and, and throw a pick. And so it was, it, was, it was one of those things where he said, don't throw it out of the back of the end zone. Don't throw it out of the back of the end zone. And so all of a sudden I'm, t- I'm trying to be, uh, I'm kind of hesitant. I'm kind of tr- trying to be soft with it when, uh, when maybe I should have just been more assertive. But kind of like I said earlier, it actually worked out perfectly that I left it a little bit short because that's, uh, you know, ended up being the perfect spot for it. But uh, it always made me laugh when when I think about that, when him telling me not to do that, because obviously it's kind of one of those, um, yeah, it's a given. You know, you don't even even need to say that. Obviously I'm going to keep it in bounds.
0: This is the last thing for me, Tanner. So, just talking about uh, last night's game, real quick. And uh, and sorry, Gordon, I didn't mean to step on you. But uh, what did I'm you sorry. think about uh, being able to hear all the the audio from the sideline throughout the game? I thought that was really cool. You could really pick up the energy from BYU sideline in the broadcast. I, I thought that was a kind of a fun byproduct to to not having fans.
1: Oh, that was, I mean that was huge, and, and that's in a, in a way what's what set what set BYU apart because from. From play number one, they had that energy. They're cheering each other on, pumping each other up. Uh, you know, we, we as the group that I was watching it with, we were commenting on how you can you can hear everyone shouting and yelling and and um, and it's, it's 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 that's how Kalani wants his team to be. He encourages that. He he demands it in a way. And and when you don't have that, it's flat. You don't have that energy. And I think you totally saw that on the Navy sideline. Obviously, they were getting. Uh, dominated, so it's hard to have that energy when you're getting beat like that. But um, I think that's that's a it's going to be big this season with with uh, playing with no fans. You have to create your own energy, and you have to show up ready to play like it is a packed stadium. You have to kind of psych yourself up that way. And uh, I, it, it was fun being able to hear that, and and I think it definitely helped propel them to keep that momentum that they uh, established from the very beginning tanner
2: a year ago byu's defense was quite abysmal against the run and uh, they go out there against uh, what was last year the the number one rated rushing offense in the country and they absolutely shut them down i'm i'm curious how can a team go from being bad at something to being really good? Is it the truth? Are they as good as they looked last night? And if, it, if they are really good, how does that happen in one offseason?
1: Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think, one, BYU got better, which I can get to in a little bit. But I think also, two, Navy got worse. I was expecting more from them. They, they had an 11-2 and two campaign last year, one of their best years in, in school history to beat kansas state in their bowl game uh you know they they were a good team so i was expecting more i knew they had lost a lot of key starters but i was expecting more from them and uh in, and at byu defense really just shut them down from the beginning which which uh so i think it's it's a, a duality but to your to your point i think a lot of it what where they got better was just experience they, you have a lot of guys a lot of returning starters who who have played now for 2 3 years and some you know for for some guys like Zane this is his fifth year and uh you have you have guys who who've been around you have Troy Warner great you know another veteran in that in that uh defensive secondary um you got Isaiah Katusi senior captain leader Um, And, you know, Peyton Wilgar, who's now coming back in his second year. And then you have Tyrus Tonga, um, Lorenzo. You got, you know, so many guys. uh, Zach Daw. I could go on and on. of Guys who have been around, who have taken the, uh, I guess, you know, have gone through the highs and the lows. And they're bigger now. They're stronger. They're more... Aware of their assignments, what what they need to do, they're more assignment sound, especially against an offense like Navy's that triple option. You have to be very assignment sound, and they they were they were disciplined. They and and it showed. And so I think it's a it's a credit to uh, Kalani, who's obviously a defensive minded coach. It's a credit to Coach Tuiaki, uh, and then and then more than anything, those 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 leaders on the team, those veterans who. Have taken it on themselves to to get better, to improve, because last year that was one of their weak spots, and uh, they they came out with something to prove yesterday, and, and they showed it. And so while while their schedule obviously is not uh, too tough, uh, especially compared to what it was, that's out of their control. They you know they have no control over who they play now, but what they can control is how they go and play. And let everyone everyone can debate you know whether whether if they would beat the teams that were originally on their schedule, you know, that's all up for speculation. But at the end of the day, they took care of their job and they they shut down uh, Navy yesterday in, in dominant fashion.
0: Tanner, I'm not sure how you're celebrating. Tanner, your I got it. one
2: more thing. I, I, sorry, I got one more thing for you. I wanted to uh, ask Matt Bushman has the Achilles injury. You had an injury like that. How tough is it to come back from it?
1: Well, more than anything, uh, first things first, I'm just heartbroken that that happened to him, especially so close to the season opener of his senior year. You know, he comes back. He could have he gone for the NFL draft last year. Uh, who knows what would have happened? But he, he comes back, has all this hope, and, and to have that injury is just devastating. And I, I just, my heart goes out to him. Um, but there is there is hope. Uh because doctor uh Dr. Fox, he's one of the uh the orthopedic surgeons down at BYU, um, an amazing guy, amazing surgeon, and then and then the the training staff at BYU, the and Conditioning staff, they'll be able to help him recover. Uh it it's it's obviously every situation is, is different. It, you can't really compare one situation to the other because everyone Uh, heals differently. Every injury is a little bit different, but you know, when I came back from my injury, I I was, I was back in six months, which is extremely rare going into an Achilles recovery. You kind of, you kind of under the impression that it'll take nine months to a year, but I was, I was back playing fully at six months and I had done other things to take care of my body uh, nutritionally. I, when I came back, I felt great and in probably the best shape of, of my life. Um, And so I think with the combination of, of the surgery and then his attitude approaching the rehab process with the training staff and the strength and conditioning staff. Um, and I know he has a great attitude. He's, he's one of the hardest workers and and just one of the nicest, most humble guys. He's going to attack this with the right mindset. I know that. Um, and so as, as heartbreaking as it is, I, I think you just, you, you control what you can control again, and a common theme here. And, uh, you know, I think he's just—he's just gonna have to come back and um, you know, just do everything in his power to get better in other ways. Um, you know, to take care of his body holistically—not just his Achilles, but his whole body. Um, the mental side of the game, watching film, understanding concepts and things like that to help him get ready for the NFL draft. Because, you know, I, I think bar, bar none, hes one of the best tight ends in the country—and I think he has a shot a great shot of being an, an NFL uh, caliber tight end. And so I, I think it's just a matter of how he approaches the, the rehab process, but I'm not worried about him. I know he has the right attitude and he'll approach it well. Um, but nonetheless, a big blow for BYU. He was obviously one of our uh, – I mean, he's been the, the, the team's leading receiver year in and year out, so definitely we'll, we'll miss him this year.
0: Tanner, I don't know how Excuse me, you're celebrating your birthday, but this is what I hope. I hope you're having a socially distanced house party that would make Led Zeppelin proud. Wherever you're staying, I hope it's in ruins after the party you have tonight.
1: Oh, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to, to make it a uh, very enjoyable yet safe uh, <laughs> celebration, for sure.
0: Thanks, buddy. Happy birthday.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it, guys.
0: There you go, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum. I thought uh, a lot of good stuff from Tanner. In fact, I had Roots, to throw
2: that. You had, you had to throw that in there, didn't you? Jim?
0: <laughs> well, it's what I hope he's doing for his birthday. That's all. I just, I, 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 hope he's, you know, has a raucous good time. Okay. All right. We'll have more Big Show next. 97.5 and 1280, the Zone.